The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Welcome to it on a Tuesday. I'm Austin Norman. For one, sitting on the same side of the table as my partner, Tuesday, within arm's Tuesday. reach, Eric Strickland, how are you? It is a wonderful day in the neighborhood. It is a beautiful day to be a neighbor. Would you be my neighbor? Would a- you anytime. be Anytime. Gladly. <laughs> Well, I haven't heard that in so long. It's kind of crazy. Some of you guys may not even remember that. The old, um, what, what was it called? Um, you remember that? The, uh, yeah, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. neighborhood. Yeah. 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 Love it's Mr. A, but you see, we're on the block. We're in the neighborhood, so mm-hmm. it's all good. We just haven't been in this neighborhood side by side very often, so that's pretty cool. And we are on the same side of the table because Megan's here running the board. Megan, we appreciate Handling you. Business. Everything we, you thank do. You. Thank you for being here. Yes. Um, a lot to get to, but first, the business. 402-464-5685 if you have any thoughts on anything we're going to dive into. Uh, a lot of stuff we'll want the the text line, the Honda Vling, and hotline, same numbers, opinions on. Uh, your favorite Husker football alternate uniforms, uh, send those in now. Pick the year. We have a list of them all pulled up, so which year had the best alternate. Uh, Strick, we saw 24-7 put out a record prediction for Nebraska football that we'll dive into. Um, and Husker football backup quarterbacks, dating back a ways, which ones you trust most in a spot start. But, of course, the restaurant we trust most in town, Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul, one more day. It is Taco Tuesday. Wherever you want to go get it, go get it. It is Taco Tuesday. Have a margarita. Have a drink, a brewski, whatever. But Mary Ellen's is not open till tomorrow. You can go out tomorrow, tap in 27th Pine Lake. I will definitely be there sometime this week. I need the southern sweet heat. I need another dabble in that. Absolutely. I would never turn those down. Probably don't want to eat those around Nebraska's new alternate uniforms, though. They will get messy, and that's how you know it's the mark of a good wing. Uh, but, Strick, we give our thoughts very briefly on the alternate uniforms with the guys in the, uh, the crossover there. As I have this list of alternate uniforms pulled up, there's only, honestly, one or two from the past that I would take over this one. I am an absolute sucker for the 2016 uh, alternate against Northwestern. Uh, The picture I'm seeing is of Tommy Armstrong, so it's all white, white helmet, white sleeves, white jersey, uh, white pants, white shoes, and everything. And I know Nebraska fans are scarred by that. I know they don't like white on white for football, but with the the silver outline, the red number, I think it really pops, and that's probably my favorite alternate. (sighs) Oh. I think I'll probably – listen, there was one time that they they wore the old vintage – early school Nebraska ones. 
And I thought that was pretty cool. Like I was, I was down for it. I was, I was definitely down for it. Is it this one that I got? Yeah, yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Illinois in 2018. Yeah, I was, I was cool with that, man. I thought that was pretty cool, just to reminisce and set your mind back on some of the old glory times and glory years. And uh, hopefully that we'll be able to get back there. Um, these, these new uniforms, they don't necessarily do anything they still look like ours unless you're able to Mm -hmm. get a close-up view or walk up on them and see them you probably won't know the distinctions of of what it is that they're wearing um it's very slight it's very subtle but um cool good for them they they picked out a nice little uniform to uh you know run it back in some alternate uh, version of what game do they think they're going to wear it on uh they i'll give you one guess homecoming yep against northwestern yeah Mm. Which makes sense um, to bust them out in a game that you can win. I mean, in, in previous years, last year they wore them against Georgia Southern. Again, should have you know probably won that, that one debacle. Uh, debacle and then some. Uh, Buffalo in 2021, not exactly an inspiring performance. Um, they look kind of like Utah. I'll never get over the the intersecting N and U, um, but they did get a a win, if not inspiring one. 2020 against Illinois. Went south, basically, from the get-go. 2019 against Indiana, Noah Vedral got the start. I don't mind those Streck. I mean, I don't think the offense should be wearing black jerseys given Nebraska football history and tradition. Mm-hmm. But all things considered, they looked fine. Nebraska played okay, yeah, um, but ultimately lost. You mentioned that 2018 game against Illinois. Uh, 2017 against Wisconsin. That's a game that never <laughs> went well for Nebraska. They had a moment or two in the second half, but... For the most part, it's been against some some lower-level teams. Aside from the one against Wisconsin, you've played Northwestern in them a few times, Illinois when they were bad. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, 2013, they wore them against UCLA. I actually was at that game. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, um, that was pretty – that was all right. I thought that was pretty cool. I was actually at that game. I thought it was it was it was a neat transition. You know, that's a rarity. You're not going to see mm-hmm. pretty much. Those were the ugly. Those were the, the very first ones. Yeah, against Ew. Wisconsin. Ew. Yeah, the the picture is Taylor Martinez, uh, the, the all red jersey, Ew. the the black block N with the black number three uh, for Taylor, obviously up in his left shoulder, black shiny helmet uh, with a red N. Okay, Strick, you mentioned you were at that 2013 UCLA Nebraska game. Should Nebraska wear these when they play UCLA at home for the first time as conference mates? I thought that'd be pretty. I think that'd be pretty cool. You know, it just depends. I would say I wouldn't do it if if you know we haven't turned things around. I mean, I I would only do it if we're if we're we're on point. <laughs> you know, the t- <laughs> the season's rolling. We're doing good. Um, some people call it jinxy sometimes when you kind of throw things off like that. But I think that'd be a cool little, you know, reminisce. That it would. Um, well, we have a few minutes here, Strick. We're going to kind of jump into something we are going to get to next segment. But Matt Rule talked today. We'll talk about the quarterbacks later. But there was a lot of talk about the receiver position as well. We talked a little bit about Xavier Betts leaving the program. But you and I both noticed, Strick, when we listened to Matt Rule and the offensive staff talk, it sounds like the walk-on receivers have next, even before the freshmen. What do you make of those comments? So... For me, my take is, I remember back in the days, and, and I hate doing this sometimes, it's just going back in the day, but I, I, I have to. I'll get off your lawn eventually. You know, I have to. And the reason being is, Nebraska was and used to be a place to where walk-ons could be, in some instances, and at times, 
progress to become better than some of the starters that were there or when they had a year or two in the system, got bulked up, got themselves together, you know, stronger or whatever the case may be, became became good uh, players for the uh, University of Nebraska. That was when Nebraska could command walk-ons to come and, you know, they just wanted to be a part of the program. They wanted to be next to greatness. You know, it was home for them. And I think you're seeing a, some a little bit of that. But my question would be, Austin, is when you say that, you're talking Big Ten football. Are you back to those types of years where the quality of your walk-on group is at that level to where this early in your first, in your, your inception of year one, that you are saying next up is your walk-on group? <sighs> now, I could be wrong, and, it, and I hope I'm wrong. But I, I venture to say that if you would have said this was Georgia, mm-hmm. if you would have said even Texas, even though they've been bad, I mean, you can see people still probably want to go there. I, I could even say there if it was – Florida, California, Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If it was something like that, Alabama, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, that mug mug may be good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He just didn't make it. He could have went somewhere else and been, you know, a starter or a a top-tier player in a few years, but decided to stay at Alabama. That's where he wanted to be. So that's the way I look at it. I don't know. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I think if you look at the guys on Nebraska's roster that are – walk on wide receivers for the most part it's you know either guys with nebraska ties or kind of late ads right that thought they were going to develop maybe a little more um came from smaller schools and that's i think part of it too strict that features into this this conversation is just how big recruiting has gotten especially in football where it's almost hard to go under the radar now with all the attention that's paid to football recruiting, maybe a guy that would have been unranked and needs to walk on somewhere because that's his only chance, that's probably a three-star guy. Mm-hmm. You know, If you go to a single camp, maybe, maybe two, you're going to end up ranked, and someone will have eyes on you. Adding into that is a guy like Carter Nelson. Yes, that's, that's what I was Nebraska, just about to say. Right, where yeah. he's in freaking Ainsworth, out in the middle of nowhere, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart are, you know, flying their private jets into small airfields to see this guy. Like, normally that's a guy that Nebraska would have almost assuredly locked up. Maybe Wyoming gets eyes on him. Maybe North Dakota State does. But in terms of power programs, a guy that remote, Nebraska absolutely gets. But they had a dogfight to get Carter Nelson. So I think that plays in both ways to this conversation. And, and that's what I'm saying. Even more is why I'm saying you got guys like Carter Nelson. If you're good, if you're great, you're going to be seen. Now, what has happened and what you've seen happen over the years now is those fringe universities at the FCS level are finding those guys. Mm-hmm. So if it's not even there, my question becomes, you know, you could have went to North Dakota State. You could have went to North uh, South Dakota State. Top tier FCS. You know what I mean? Now, if I didn't see any type of recruiting from them, then I have to have another question with you. You know, so Mm -hmm. that's that's something. Now, Nebraska does have, I think, a program where it's called like a specialty walk on or something. I can't remember what they call it. 
but there's there's a different tiers to the walk-on mm-hmm. levels. Now, if they're in that tier, then that's somebody that's probably a little bit, you know. Yeah, preferred walk-ons. Preferred walk-ons. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so there you go. So, Strick, let's put you back in high school. Let's say that you decided football is your best sport. That's what you're going to do. Are you more likely to take an offer from a Wyoming, a Colorado State, a MAC team, uh, still at the Division One level but lower Division One, or are you going to go FCS? Are you going to take that North Dakota State, South Dakota State offer? I mean, it just depends. Like if you if it's about the tradition, you know, the prestige, then maybe you would go there. But otherwise, you know, they're 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 eyeing national championships every year. I mean, if you want to play, if you want to be great, if you have you even give yourself a chance to play at the next level. There's guys that are coming out of that out of those programs that are getting drafted. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on what it is for you. We'll wrap up the segment with this here, Strick, just a couple minutes before we hit our first break of the show. Something else Matt Rule said was, quote, you can't subcontract out winning to young players, end quote. I like that. I think that implies a sense of urgency that Matt Rule is not going to wait till next year, right? He wants to get things turned around as quick as he can. But at the same time, I think it's important that the best players get on the field this year. See what you have in your program. Mm-hmm. If guys are ready, don't keep them off the field just because they're freshmen. That can work both ways, right? Yeah, I would agree. You definitely um, – it's 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 probably kind of like cooking, right? Um, you want to put your – like if, if you're, you're dating somebody or you're eyeing or courting somebody or whatever, right, then you want to put your best foot forward, mm-hmm. right? So you're cooking her a meal or whatever the case may be. You, you want to put the best – your best seasoning on it you want to you know you don't want to cook something you don't have any knowledge <laughs> of what you're cooking you know you want to make this you know a good impression on 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 the one that you uh, you're liking right um so therefore yeah if you like what you see put it out front you want to season it you want to get them some seasoning you know what I mean? You don't want to have it be bland. You want to get them some seasoning. You want them to get comfortable. You want them to feel good about themselves. Uh, you got four games. If you still have an, an idea of possibly redshirting them, you have four games that you could do that. So get them out there early. Let them let them get a feel. Let them see where they at and where they stand, and then go from there. The guys that it looks like are going to play against Minnesota are Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Uh, Billy Kemp in that conversation. And if he gets healthy, Marcus Washington. You're going to need more guys than that, but after that strike, the conversation is really turned to Alex Bullock at the wide receiver position as brother John, a linebacker, and Ty Hahn out of Johnson Brock, who is a very versatile piece in the high school ranks, um, has played quite a bit on special teams. But it's guys like that that I don't think you need to necessarily be game breakers or game changers. If they're in the right spot at the right time doing their job, you can afford to wait a little bit and bring the younger guys along kind of at their own rate as they're ready. He's Eric Strickland. I'm Moss Norman, Megan Walker running the board. We'll step aside for our first break of the show. When we get back, we'll dive into one publication's Husker football record prediction. 